Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Praise God. Okay, be seated, please. No, don't. Stand up again. (laughs) Because actually, you need to pray for the spirit of revelation to be upon you this morning. Because I'm going to to teach rather than preach, but this is the teaching on how to stay free and how to live continually in freedom every day of your life. So Father, we pray now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon us. You say that knowing the truth will set us free and we want to live in that freedom that you have won for us through the cross. And we praise you and we bless you that as a result of what you do in us this morning, we're going to continue to live in freedom every day of our lives for the praise, honor, and glory of your name. Amen. Okay, please be seated. Now, I'm out of my comfort zone this morning because preaching I love to do, but uh, I'm going to do a presentation with some slates and slides up on the screen which you've never seen me do before. (laughs) But I did this uh, three or four weeks ago in Rofi, and so I'm repeating some of what I said then, but uh, there will also be some additional things uh, all to do with the freedom that God has won for us. This is a revelation about what David called the spacious place, Jesus calls the secret place. Paul says it's the place that we have in Christ Jesus. It's the place of God's heavenly presence. So if we put up the first slide, here you see on the one side the darkness of the world And on the other, the light of the spacious place. In between, there's a white area. Because we have to pass from the world into the spacious place. I'm pressing and nothing's happening. Oh, we've gone again. Can you bring up the next one? This thing isn't working. Okay. Jesus says, when you pray, go into the secret place. Shut the door on the world. The world is outside. This is your place of fellowship with God. This is the place to meet with him, to hear from him, to encounter him, to have fellowship with him every day. So this is the place. Uh, perhaps I'm pressing the wrong one, am I? Oh, okay. I was going backwards. <laughs> 
I was doing the logical thing, which says up, and I should have been going down, but never mind. I'm always on the upside, not the downside. Okay. So, this is the place of God's heavenly presence, where, according to Scripture, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that belongs to the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. This is a place where there can be absolutely no negatives, as we shall see. But we have to pass into this place. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about the first minute. The first minute to spend whenever you pray, whenever you worship, it's actually the first minute of what God did in your life when you were first saved, when you first came to a knowledge of Jesus. His mercy is what he made available to us through all that he did on the cross. And when I was a young believer, I was taught to spend one minute, but one minute only, doing two things within that one minute. To spend 30 seconds on asking God to forgive me. It only takes as long as you to ask for God to do it. You do not need to go through a long description of all the things that you have done wrong because God knows them. All he wants to know is that you want his forgiveness and he forgives you. There may be some things which specifically you want to ask him to forgive. Now, those of you that have been through the Freedom Course have been through what is, in effect, a period of repentance where God has dealt with deep issues in your life and he has set you free. And we've just heard some testimonies to that effect. But you don't do that kind of process continually in your life. Once it's done, it's done. All those issues that God has dealt with are dealt with. They're finished. They're history. They're past. They no longer exist. All the things that God has forgiven, he says he will never remember. That he has separated you from them as far as east is from west. He remembers your sin no more. As far as he's concerned, all those things that were dealt with never even existed. It's as if they never existed. You are completely free from them. So we don't need to go over the same ground. And in the secret place, this is where you want your focus to be on Jesus, not on yourself. So whatever sin has accumulated, I mean, the point is that if you are conscious that you have done something wrong or said something wrong or, or sinned in any way, you ask God to forgive you immediately. You don't wait for the next prayer time. You say, Lord, forgive me, and he forgives you. It's as simple as that. It's five seconds. That's all it takes. If he knows that is in your heart, that you want forgiveness, he forgives you. It's not a feeling, it's faith. 
It's, he says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. So you ask him and he forgives you. That's it. Done. Finished. So when you come into the presence of God, you just need 30 seconds to catch up with anything that the Holy Spirit may convict you of. You don't have to search for sin. The Holy Spirit will convict you of it. Amen. What do you do with the other 30 seconds? You cast, you, you, everything I'm saying now, you see, today is, is the scripture. There's no time because of the restraint of time to take you through all the verses. But uh, I can assure you that everything I'm saying is scriptural. The other 30 seconds, you pass all your burdens over to the Lord. Why? Because you're not going to spend your time in the secret place talking about yourself, talking about your problems, talking about your needs. This is time for fellowship with God. Amen. This is, this is the place where you draw near to him. You draw near to the throne of God. This is the time when you will receive from him. You're a boring subject, but God is an exciting subject. So it's much better to have exciting prayer times because your focus is on the Lord, not on yourself. It's rather like, a, I, I, I explain it like this. Um, it, it doesn't happen in the same way today because uh, suitcases have wheels and they're easy to, to transport. But years ago when I started to travel internationally, uh, I was always met at airports by the, the people that had invited me for these conferences and so on. And they would invariably offer to carry my suitcase because in those days you carried your suitcase. Well, I was very pleased because usually as airfares were much more expensive in those days, I would be away for five, six weeks at a time. And, and uh, so you, you know, had to take a fair amount of luggage. I wasn't an American. I only had three suit uh, one suitcase, not three. But... Uh, <laughs> Because I found at these international conferences, all the other uh, Americans, preachers, they turned up with about three or four times as much luggage as I had. But they had three or four times more suits than I had. So. But anyway, uh, we love our American brothers, don't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sure God has got lots of Americans in heaven because he likes a sense of humor. Now, <laughs> praise God. I'm just giving you an opportunity to forgive me, just to <laughs> test how merciful you are. Pray, <laughs> praise his name. So, uh, I would willingly hand over this suitcase. Now, how long did that take? Seconds. I didn't say, well, now wait a minute, and put the suitcase down and open it up and say, now look, I want you to know what it is you're carrying. You're carrying this and this and this and this and this. You see, what's the point of going into the secret place and talking about your problems? You spend most of your time doing that anyway. At other times, if you're foolish enough to do that, because we're supposed to be talking about the answer to our problems, not our problems. So you take 30 seconds, Lord forgive me, 30 seconds, cast all your burdens on the Lord. Again, you might need to specify some particular things that you're anxious about this, which is sin, and you're concerned about that, which is sin. So you're passing all these things. Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything. So if we're anxious, that's disobedience. That's sin. Fear is not something to be healed of. Fear is something to be forgiven. Hello. Okay. So 
we pass all these things over and in one minute we are in the spacious place, the secret place, the heavenly place of God's presence. Here, We have the fullness of life in Christ. Here, everything is positive. All the negatives have been left in the white space. Here is the place of complete freedom. There is nothing negative there. There is simply the presence of God. You might feel his presence. You might not feel his presence. But he is with us always, whether you feel his presence or not. It's not a matter of feeling. It's a matter of faith. You have set this time apart to be with your heavenly father. So here, in this place, this spacious place, all the riches and resources of heaven are yours and are available to you. God wants you to use this as a, a time of receiving, as a time of appropriating, a time of taking into yourself all that is yours because you belong to Christ. You are living in him and he is in you. There are no negatives. There are only the answers, the positive answers to the negative. Here there is complete freedom. So much freedom that you are forgiven, made totally acceptable to God according to the scripture in that place you have been made holy, you have been sanctified, you are made righteous, totally acceptable in God's sight. You stand before him blameless, without guilt, with no condemnation because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is so powerful and so effective. It frees you from all shame, from all guilt, from all condemnation, including all false self-condemnation. Because we can be very good at condemning ourselves when we fail to realize the full nature of God's forgiveness. That his forgiveness means you stand before him totally innocent. It is as if you never sinned. That's what it means to be in the spacious place. That's the mercy of God. That's the power of the blood of Jesus. And if you're a believer, that's what you believe. 
And that's what God reveals to you in his word, that he actually says he wants to keep us blameless to the end. He can only keep us blameless because he's made us blameless. He's made us guiltless. He's made us totally innocent. It really is as if you had never sinned, so thorough is the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. So you come into his presence in prayer, in worship, able to do what it says in the epistle to the Hebrews, you can draw right to the throne of God. And there you find the mercy, which makes you what I've said, and then the grace of God, which is able to help you in your time of need. You will receive all the grace you need for whatever. Now, let's just look for a moment at the life of Jesus. The world, or worldliness, had no part of his life. All the way through his ministry, we see in the Gospels that it doesn't matter how busy he was, he would always draw aside into the secret place, into the spacious place, to have fellowship with his Father. He knew that his total ministry in the world was dependent upon his relationship and the unity had, that he had with the Father in prayer. For example, he stood before the, the tomb of Lazarus and he lifted up his hands in prayer and he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me and I know that you always hear me. You see, he knew that he could not raise Lazarus. Only the Father could raise Lazarus. And he had to be dependent upon the Father in order to see the miracle happen. Jesus said, I can do nothing myself. But he knew because of his unity with the Father, nothing was impossible for him to do. And we see this in the miracles he performed, in the healings and the deliverance that he gave to so many people. But all that came out of the fact that he lived at one with the Father because of the fellowship that he had with God. He could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said to his disciples, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Now you see, by the same token, we are to say, Jesus and I are one. Do you not know that I am in Jesus and Jesus is in me? Because that is the truth about every born-again, spirit-filled believer. Amen? Amen? Everyone in this room that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ as a child of God, that is true for you. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. Now, what we see is Jesus was shown what the Father does. But then in the world, he suffered everything that was negative. Rejection, persecution, hatred, slander, false accusation, false condemnation. All those things that those of you who have been going through the freedom course have been set free from. 
It was things like that that afflicted your lives, that had, pers- that had <coughs> negative personal effect upon you, that God has dealt with. Amen? So those things never need to be dealt with again. They're finished. They're history. Somebody say hallelujah. So Jesus suffered every negative that the world could throw at him, every negative that the devil could throw at him, but it never had any effect upon him because he knew who he was in relation to the Father. And he knew that out of his fellowship with the Father, he could withstand whatever the world threw at him. You see, everybody gets rejected, but not everybody knows how to, uh, how to actually react to rejection. You see, if you let rejection get to you, then you become a rejected person. And that's a negative thing. But if you take the shield of faith, you refuse to accept any rejection. So the rejection doesn't affect you. Jesus always acted with the shield of faith. So all these negatives that were thrown at him never had influence over him. Instead, all those negatives were there, but he was free to take the life of the kingdom into the world. And this is what we see. In the midst of all that negative opposition, Jesus was constantly giving the life, the love, the power of God, the deliverance of God, the freedom of God, into the lives of people. In revival, something similar takes place. People pray a lot. We're being moved as God is is working through us a process of, of reviving us as a church. People are praying more and more because those hours spent in fellowship with God then have an effect upon what you are able to do in the world. The world will always, and the devil, because all the world is under the power of the evil one, will always throw that rejection, persecution, hatred, slander, and all the other negatives at you. But you have the freedom to take the presence, the power, the life, and the truth of God into the world. <coughs> That's what happens in times of revival. Revival isn't a lot of people coming to the Lord. Revival is what God does among those who are already his saints, already his children. But then they have, because God has has done such a work in them, they have such an effect upon the world that you see so many more people coming to faith. So many more miracles happening. So many more healings happening. Those things are not really the revival. They're the fruit of those who have been revived. And we're seeking to be a revived people, amen? Because we want to see so much more fruit. Praise God. Amen. So, the result is harvest, multiplication, and abundance. The three things that God has been speaking to us about. And as this reviving process takes place in us more and more, so we shall see more harvest, more multiplication. God is adding to the church, but we want to see multiplication. We want to see a queue out here every Sunday morning. Everybody will turn up on time, otherwise they won't get in. 
Hello. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So we don't sit back and wait for revival to happen. We have freedom. We have freedom. Jesus Christ has set us free. The word of God says it is for freedom. Christ has set us free. What has been happening these last 12 weeks is some of you have been catching up with it. You've been actually entering in and appropriating the freedom that Jesus has already won for you. The freedom that belongs to all of us who are in Christ. Amen. Praise God. But you see, all the negatives are cancelled. There's no sin, no guilt, no condemnation or corruption. There's only love, joy and peace. And the great thing is that as a fellowship, as a body of believers, we all belong in this spacious place. So we can all have that fellowship, that unity of joy, of love, of peace and in the power of God. Amen? So the, the more freedom comes into the lives of people personally, the more freedom there is in the whole body of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. So all the negatives are cancelled. Every time you come in to the place of prayer or into the time of worship, every negative is cancelled. You see, when I start to pray, I will spend a minute, sometimes it doesn't take a minute, something like this. Father, I thank you. I come now into your presence, washed in the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness of all my sins. Thank you that I now stand before you, holy in your sight, made righteous and totally acceptable to you. Thank you, Lord, I stand before you, innocent, blameless of any offense because of your forgiveness. And I cast all my burdens onto you, all the things that I care about, all the things that are causing me concern now, because I know I am not to carry the weight of them. You are take the burden from me. And I bless and praise your wonderful name. See, it took about a minute. That's it. Now I can get on with the prayer time. You see, why spend more time focusing on yourself? If you believe God to forgive you, if you believe God's taking the burdens, you don't have to use a lot of words. Jesus said you will not be heard for your many words. Why do Christians speak a lot of words when they pray? Because they don't believe a few words would work. What are you trying to do? Convince God? You don't have to convince him of anything. He knows everything. You don't even have to explain and tell him what's wrong. He knows. He knows more about it than you do. All he needs to know is that you want forgiveness and you're prepared to cast the burden onto him. You see, the point is this, beloved. If I cast my burden on the Lord at that moment, I cease to be responsible and God is now responsible for sorting that out because I've given it to him. He has the responsibility. Under the covenant relationship that he has established with me, it's his problem, not mine. 
because I've given it to him. And it's always a question of, well, who is, who is going who's gonna to have the problem, him or me? Well, shall we share it, Lord? No. He says, I don't want to share it. I don't want you to share it with me. I'll take the problem and I'll resolve it. This is called faith. Have you ever heard, anybody heard faith? F-A-I-T-H, faith. Okay, so this is what we believe. And this is what God actually does. Amen? So, what happens? The river of life that we tap into every time we have fellowship with God in the secret place, when we pray, when we come to worship, that river of life will flow through our lives and it will flow out of our lives. The negatives are cancelled, but we will be able to impact the lives of others with the salvation and life of Christ that is ours in the spacious place the secret place, the heavenly place of his presence. We take out into the world, just like Jesus did, that fullness of life that we have in Christ. The devil is a liar. Amen. What the devil wants you to do is to focus on yourself. Focus on your failure. Focus on your sin. Focus on anything except Jesus. Focus on anything except the blood because the blood has defeated the enemy. Amen? Amen. Satan has no answer to the blood. That's why we need to, to have our full confidence and faith in what Jesus has accomplished for us through the sacrifice that he has made for us. I fail sometimes. I fail the Lord sometimes. I'm not proud about that, but I realize sometimes I've got things wrong. Sometimes I've been disobedient. Sometimes I haven't really glorified the Lord or pleased him. Sadly, we all do that. When I stand in the spacious place in Christ Jesus, I stand in perfection. The word of God says, that he has made us, not he will, he has. He has made us perfect forever. We stand in that perfection in the spacious place. Sadly, when we come out of that place into the world, we don't live that perfection. And the, the enemy always wants you to focus on the imperfections, on the failures. And the failure is only a very small part of your life. You know, I can't, I can't do it now, but supposing that was just a blank white screen and there was just a little black dot somewhere on that screen. Every time you looked at that screen, your focus would go to the black dot. All the rest was white, sinless, but your focus goes to the black dot. That's exactly what the enemy tries to do in our lives. Focus on the failure. Focus on the sin. Focus on your negative feelings. Focus on yourself. Focus on anything except Jesus and what he's done and what he has made possible for you 
to live in complete freedom. You don't actually have to go through a freedom course before all this is true for you. Going through a freedom course helps you to learn how to appropriate that, to get rid of all the mess and muddle and confusion of the past and to be able to stand in the place where in one minute you can continue in freedom every day of your life. You see, if we spend more than that, are we really approaching the throne of God with sincere hearts in full assurance of faith? We only have the full assurance of faith if we're trusting in what Jesus Christ has done for us. This is the remarkable thing. And you know the, the sadness that, that I have as, as, as a preacher of the word is seeing how many Christians live under false condemnation either from the enemy or the way in which they condemn themselves simply because they do not believe the truth or apply the truth. They believe it in their heads, but they don't necessarily apply it in what they do day by day. What I've shared with you this morning, beloved, is how to apply this remarkable truth of what God has done for us in Christ. There is just one problem with what I've said. It sounds too simple to be true. But God, in his wonderful wisdom, deliberately made the truth simple. Because the truth is designed for everybody. Not for clever intellectual people who make their reason their God. The gospel of the kingdom of God is designed for every simple soul that lives on earth. And it's very simple to take what Jesus has done and apply it in our lives and believe it. So you can take from the spacious place out into the world, because you're still in the spacious place in a sense in the world, you're still in Christ, but you take all the blessings all the life, all the revelation, all the truth that God has given you and you disseminate it, you spread it all around you. And you see, the more you appropriate that, the more you know your unity with, with Christ in the spacious place, the more effective you will be in spreading the life of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus all around you. There's so much more that could be said, but, but there's not time. But can I simply encourage you, whenever you start to pray, take the one minute. When you come in here to worship, don't just start singing. Know that you stand in heavenly places when you worship. You're not in a building in Horsham. You're standing in heavenly places. You're, you're joining in with the whole host of heaven. And in heaven there is nothing 
sinful. There is nothing imperfect. And you get washed with the blood of Jesus so that you stand in that perfection that God has made possible for you. It's an amazing gospel. It's called good news because that's what it is. It's good news that we don't have to live under the false oppression of guilt and fear and failure. Every time we come to the Lord, he sets us free. He sets us free afresh. He restores that holiness, that righteousness, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we're made righteous, we're made holy, we're made perfect again in his sight. It's the gospel, it's the good news. It's faith, believing what the word of God says about us, believing what Jesus Christ has done for us. And how, when we believe this, we can help so many other people to come out of false oppression, guilt, fear, sense of failure, worthlessness, uselessness, self-condemnation, into freedom. The only reason why Jesus Christ has set you free is so that you can set others free. In his name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Now, if that was clapping the truth, it was a pretty pathetic effort. Come on, let's thank the Lord for the truth. Hallelujah. So close your eyes. We've got one minute now. And you can pray it. Complete forgiveness in 30 seconds. Cast all your burdens on the Lord in 30 seconds so they become his responsibility. Or he will tell you what to do. He will direct your footsteps in the way he wants you to go. But you put him in charge. So just take that minute now. Speak. Oh, um, sorry, I should have said, you can't do this by thinking. You have to actually speak. When you're in the secret place, you can speak. Yes? Now, we're all together, but you still need to speak, but just quietly, not so others around you can hear, but speak. Mouth the words. Let your lips move. Actually speak. It doesn't work otherwise. It doesn't work if you just think. You have to speak. That's what the scripture says. There's no time to take you into the scriptures. But if you read Romans 10, you'll see that. So speak now. Off you go. One minute. Cast all those burdens on him. That's a command. It's not a suggestion, it's a command in Scripture. So, Father, I thank you that we stand before you, clothed with Christ, washed with the precious blood of Jesus, spotless, guiltless, totally innocent.
made perfect in your sight. Thank you, Lord, for the power of that blood. Thank you for the love that took you to the cross. Thank you for the love and the mercy that you show us. And we bless your wonderful name. We praise your wonderful name. And we thank you, Lord, that your command is for us to cast all our burdens on you, that you don't want us to carry the load. You say, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am humble and gentle of heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You take all the heaviness upon yourself. And we thank you that our responsibilities are light. That you will lead us and guide us and show us what to do and how to do it. And we bless your wonderful name. We pray. Now come on, just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, just as we finish, just stand for a moment. You remember, at the start of the Last Supper, Jesus did something that to the disciples was extraordinary. It was even shocking. They were all reclining at the table and nobody was, there was no servant there to wash their feet when they arrived. None of them had been humble enough to, to, to wash the feet of the other disciples. And Jesus gets up from the table and he goes round and he washes their feet. He actually has to kneel before them to do that because they're reclining at the table. He kneels before them. He even washed Judas's feet. He washed all their feet. This was so desperate that Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. And then Peter, being Peter, he goes the whole hog and says, well then, not only my feet, but my face, my hands. I mean, give me a bath. <laughs> but Jesus says, no. He who has had a bath needs only to have the feet cleaned. Now, listen. Those of you that have just done the freedom course, you've had a bath. You don't need a bath, a spiritual bath every day, but you need your feet cleaned. In that one minute... Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Can you take this? In that one minute, every time you spend that one minute, Jesus kneels down and washes your feet. And he says, if I don't do that, you have no part with me. That's his love. That's his mercy. That's his grace. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.